0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants, and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Good evening, Josh. Hello. How are you this week? Excellent. Great. Uh, we will uh, keep you informed as the hour progresses, by the way, if there is breaking news out of Saint-Jean-sur-Richelieu, so uh, just stay tuned to JD for that. Our next uh, news update is at 7.30, uh, but if anything uh, major happens, any announcements, we'll bring that to you live uh, before then. Um, on the program tonight, we do have a theme uh, that we're going to get to in a second, which is really interesting, particularly uh, as in online era, and we're going to talk about um, brick-and-mortar stores versus online stores. And, you know, today, it's, how relevant is
2: it today? I mean, a lot of people do both no question about it but few stick to one absolutely one or the other so in a few moments uh, we're going to hear a little bit about the differences between H5 decor
1: and uh, and Clark Street Mercantile all right, but first, uh, let's get to some uh, a few news stories that uh, have to do with entrepreneurship and business. And uh, one that is kind of interesting is I mean, there's a whole there's a whole trend now with crowdfunding, mm-hmm. and so we see it with any number of products or services. We see it with potato salad, you know, that's being crowdfunded. Apparently, now um, apparently there's a whole airline that's being uh, that's been crowdfunded. So, uh, uh, what's your take on this? And um, and are you skeptical of the whole crowdfunding movement? Uh, can't be skeptical
2: if something's working. So it's working, but the question is for who and why crowdfunding certainly evolved from where it started a while ago. And it's basically just another form of financing. I think today, you know, and I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs will agree that going to the bank to get financing isn't necessarily snapping your fingers and, and, and getting it. Uh, the banks uh, have always been risk averse, uh, some a little bit less than others over the years, and they go through cycles, but definitely risk averse. So Where do you find your other money? Do you go to angel investors? Do you go to targeted people? But, of course, the internet and being online has an absolutely huge reach. And there's no question, uh, I, I think many people will agree, that there's a lot of money sitting on the sidelines. There's a lot of people ready to invest their money into something
1: that's going to be a success. And crowdfunding is just one way to do it. Is crowdfunding sort of code in some cases for businesses that that can't get traction in traditional routes? Is this sort of a, like the new last resort lender?
2: I, I don't know if it's a last resort today. Certainly, uh, certainly, maybe a couple of years ago it might have been a last resort. Today, because of the success stories that we do hear on about it, uh, it's not the last resort. That being said, if you can't get fi- traditional financing, which again is is not always the easiest to get, and as much as you can have a great business plan. And, and, and and good backing. Uh, sometimes banks only want to lend you your own money. You know, sure, we'll give you half a million dollars. Put half a million dollars in a term deposit, and here's your half a million dollars. Mm. Um, well, you know, life doesn't banks, always banks. work so well. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. I'll take my own half million. Cut you out of the equation. Don't have to report to you on a monthly basis, and go from there. So crowdfunding, and, and there's many different forms of crowdfunding. Crowdfunding is just uh, a big name for different different types of financing, because it could be. A form of debt financing could be a form of equity financing. Could be just a form of financing where you promise a, a, a trinket to somebody if they if they want to throw in twenty five bucks worth, as we see with some of the Kickstarter campaigns.
1: Is the popularity popularity of of places like Kickstarter and other crowdfunding uh, tools a sign that perhaps ban- banks are becoming too risk adverse, that they maybe should be taking a bit more, a few more chances on entrepreneurs? Uh,
2: absolutely, but it's very difficult to change big elephant spots. You know, the the big elephant that lumbers along is not going to all of a sudden change course on a whim uh, versus the Kickstarter versus people online. Individuals
1: that at a snap of a finger can decide where they want to put their money. This story from the Globe and Mail is pretty interesting. As we head into the holiday season, we already see some uh, uh, Christmas commercials and displays out there, which is a little early. But uh, nonetheless, uh, the, there are predictions that the, the holiday season will be tougher uh, for Canadian retailers uh, this time around. How come? And you know, and Halloween
2: hasn't even hit yet, so you, you still have some time to go. But uh, there's no question, listen, the big boys are downgrading their estimates. The Walmarts of the world are saying they're going to sell a little bit less. uh, And the Sears of the world, that Sears is undergoing other changes, but their predictions are going to be less. So when the big boys are saying the sales and the retail are going to drop well then that certainly trickles down to anybody and everybody so what does that mean for entrepreneurs it doesn't mean you're you're, you're out and you're lost and, you're, and you can't do anything it just means you know what you got to pull up your socks and you got to make sure you're a little bit different you got to make sure you're giving the the right service or the better product uh, and it, it's going to keep them on their toes because there's room for business for people to grow and do business but you got to do it smartly you got to do it intelligently
1: and you got to differentiate yourself this interesting story uh, talking about online business is pretty interesting because one of the perils of putting a lot of your business online, of course, is that you subject them to the trolls. And sometimes there are a lot of neg- negative comments, even slander uh, directed towards your business. And uh, this interesting story out this week is all about that and how uh, how some companies are now going after legally. Um, people who post negative comments on Google, on Yelp, and in, on, on others. Is this going to be something that uh, that companies are going to have to be more conscious of? Uh, I think companies are
2: probably conscious of it already. The question is, what do they do about it? Is it worth spending the legal dollars to go after and to silence uh, the, the people that are giving negative feedback? Uh, or do they spend their dollars on the right PR and fixing the solution? And I think entrepreneurs really have to figure out what is the essence of the problem to begin with and go from there. Uh, you know, it kind of—we're not going to get into the uh, the right of free speech. You know, in many democracies, is actually a lot stronger the rights for free speech than in Canada. Uh, but from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I think what what they have to learn, what entrepreneurs have to learn, is well, what's really the root of the problem? Is somebody complaining because there's actually we're not doing something right? or because there's a gripe against a stupidity that they have to find a better a better spin and a better way to get the right message out there.
1: Finally I want to spend some time talking about Blackberry because things are looking up for Blackberry Well things are looking less down for Blackberry I guess is that is that a bit fair?
2: Things are looking uh, big and square with their new passport that came out for Blackberry
1: Yeah I want to get one soon myself because this iPhone thing I'm not really into but uh, but there are rumors now uh, Blackberry's stock price went up after they uh, they were rumored to be in the line to purchase uh, Lenovo uh, computer maker, which... L- Lenovo was actually looking to purchase BlackBerry. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, really? Oh, so mm-hmm. I got I, to that, that. actually makes more sense because BlackBerry wouldn't have the cash on hand. Uh, so is that is that good for BlackBerry? Could that save them? Well, I, I, I think uh, I think the message or the takeaway
2: from that is, you know, how do you how does how does a business kind of put itself out there to be the right target to have the right look or the or the right balance sheet or the right assets or the right the right i guess aura to be sold to have a better value or a bigger value in the market and you know blackberry is it's a very long story you could talk for hours just on the history of blackberry but if you apply it to the entrepreneurship side of things and you look at companies that say, you know, how do I want to, you know, if I want to sell my business down the road, which is the goal of many entrepreneurs, if they don't treat it like a baby they have to kind of take and 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 cherish forever, then it's, you know, you gotta you gotta make your business look a little bit you got to make it look real. And you have a lot of entrepreneurs that like to minimize their taxes, but want to sell their business. So those are two very conflicting avenues because Minimize your taxes means you show less profit, but maximizing the the value of your company means showing bigger profit. And if you want to really, if the ultimate goal is to sell your business down the road and get the most uh, of that multiple of your bottom line, then there's no question that you got to sacrifice a little bit, pay a little bit of the taxes today just to
1: get the bigger bang for the buck tomorrow. Did BlackBerry make a mistake in straying too far from their core, the core of sort of business tool for for entrepreneurs and for executives that 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 they became popular for? Well, I, it's very possible. Listen, it's it's tough when you're competing with
2: with the likes of Apple and the iPhone and these gorgeous products that every consumer just wants to have. You know, some people lose their basics. Some people lose their their you know their focus on what they were originally set out to do. And I think BlackBerry in the last in this in this effort with the new CEO that's running it, says, you know what, we're there for as a tool. We're there as a business tool. Let's be the best business tool possible and not just be a pretty gadget.
1: Today's Entrepreneur on CJAD uh, will start our theme this evening, brick and mortar versus online retail stores with our guests uh, in just a moment. But first, it's 7.15.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: Seven twenty-one on today's Entrepreneur: Inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Dan Delmar and Fuller Landau's Josh Miller with you. And Josh, it's our theme show this evening: uh, brick and mortar versus online retail, and uh, this should be pretty interesting. So, in studio, we have two of our guests: uh, Robert Kouri of H Five Decor. Uh, he is the online guy. Welcome, Rob. Thank you. And uh, we have Scott Molesky, who's with Clark Street Mercantile, and uh, of course, uh, they are the brick and mortar. Welcome, Scott.
3: Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Hello.
1: So we uh, we start a pretty basic question. Why don't you uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and
4: your business? Uh, perhaps, uh, Rob, we can start with you. Thanks, Dan. Thanks Josh for having me. Thanks everybody. Um, so H5 Decor, uh, what we do is we offer a virtual online marketplace of home decor products that change every week. So we offer a new line of uh, home decor items, um, keeping it fresh every week for our members to enjoy and uh, and uh, keeping it uh, uh, very interesting and, and always and always new and exciting.
2: What exactly do you mean by home decor?
4: So we offer everything from furniture to textiles, linens, uh, art, rugs. I mean, anything really that uh, you would see in your home Um, and uh, anything that's uh, really uh, exciting enough to to offer. And especially we love conversation pieces. So it's something we really look forward to offering to our members as well.
2: And Scott, what about Clark uh, Street Mercantile?
3: Well, essentially, Clark Street Mercantile is a shop gear, geared towards men, so it's uh, we like to call it a gentleman's boutique. Um, it's It's kind of a general store type of uh, type of a place where we carry everything from fashion to accessories to apothecary products to to art as well to to stuff for the home. so it's uh, it's a it's a place where you can come and, and buy pretty much anything that touches um, various aspects of your life, really.
2: Now, when you were thinking about getting into this business, did you think about selling online, or did you really only think about let's open a retail store and see what happens?
3: Um, well, my background actually is in advertising. I worked for ten years at different agencies, and and the main thing that I did uh, was online was you know pushing clients online at first when when online was a new thing, and then it was pushing clients towards social media stuff. So that's really my background. And but the whole um, philosophy of our store is is kind of to take a step a step back and to get back to the the sort of old school way of, of shopping where you can come in, touch the products, feel the products, and I think it's super important, um, especially in our case because we're trying to bring in a lot of exclusive products, so products you can't find elsewhere in the city, and sometimes you know that are really hard to find. So uh, it's it's really advantageous to. Be able to have that product in your ha- hand, and uh, and and it helps you, you know, know the the brand history and the way it's made, and and the the craftsmanship that's that goes into that that product.
1: More on uh, brick and mortar versus online retail with uh, Rob Curry of H5 Decor and Scott Molesky of Clark Street Mercantile just after the break at 7:24.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants, and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: And Josh, it's our theme show tonight, Brick and Mortar versus Online Retail. In studio with us, Rob Curry of H5 Decor and Scott Mlesky of Clark Street Mercantile.
2: And Scott was just telling us how actually his background was more in the online world, uh, you know, certainly in the, the the Facebooks and the social media and, and marketing and all that. Um, Let's turn to Rob and say, well, Rob, where was your background and and where did this idea come from?
4: Well, it's funny enough, it's uh, kind of reverse here because uh, my uh, background actually is in sales selling to brick and mortar. So uh, I have a lot of experience in the brick and mortar field and found uh, with uh, my online business that uh, online was definitely a way to go because um, I just love the fact of of being able to reach so many people um, and and really being able to kind of touch on different markets, um, as well as the fact that we found that with online where you're really able to adapt to the trends quickly um which is a lot dif- is, which is sometimes difficult for brick and mortar also um so that's really really great as well always offering the hottest newest products uh on, a, on every week for us for that matter or on a whim uh, and changing with a click of a button which is really exciting um also the fact that uh you know we can also do uh because our overhead in online compared to brick And mortar necessarily is a little bit a little cheaper Um, we actually pass on those savings to our clients um, in the form of a discount become becoming a member offers you that availability and um, also uh, of course taking advantage of these new products changing weekly
2: now scott was saying earlier that he wants his customers to come in and touch and feel the product you don't see that you don't think your customers need to Touch and feel and and kind of sample your product as they as they go online.
4: Well, that's definitely a uh, uh, you know something we do we do think about and and, and respect. Uh, what we what we tend to do is actually take it one step further and and say that our photography is definitely our main asset right now. Without actually being able to touch and feel, but actually capturing uh, the the quality, the mark, the makeup of the products with our photography is something we actually invest a lot in. Um, so that's how we capture. You you know, really, what the product is, so that our customers can actually see and 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 uh, and understand what they're buying that being said, we have a, a really, uh, easy return, uh, policy also because of the fact that people can't touch, people don't always get it right the first time. Mm -hmm. And we definitely respect that. And, uh, you know, accept of course, uh, an easy and seamless return policy so that if they don't like it, they can always return it. And then of course, uh, look for something else that fits their space.
2: Now, this is a, just a very quick question for, for both of you. Uh, when people are starting up a business, they, you know, there's a lot of planning and time that goes into play. Without getting into too much detail, how long did it take from you for the, from the the first initial thought of starting your business to actually opening the doors or opening online to sell, Scott?
3: Um, that's a really good question because it's hard it's hard to pinpoint when you know when you get that first thought. But uh, way back when well I, I had a few uh i was working on a few blogging type sites magazines online magazines and stuff where we would you know be talking about the the latest and greatest products and it it really at that point struck me um that wouldn't it be great to have a physical location to you know showcase these products in person how long did it take from idea to opening your door uh can it took uh, it took about I would say from uh, it took about six months I would say from the the time where I was like I'm quitting my job I'm doing this full time this is this is what I really want to do and what I want to you know take on um, to the actual date that the doors were open I would say was about six months and but that was really quick honestly and Rob very quickly before we go to break sure. how how long
2: just
1: sure. how long did it take from idea too
4: sure a little over a year a little over a year we really wanted to make sure that we defined the the, the idea properly
1: more on brick and mortar versus online retail in a moment
0: for professional advice with a personal touch consult Fuller Landau chartered accountants and business advisors click on flmontreal.com
1: Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar and Fuller Landau's Josh Miller with you, and it's our special theme show, Brick and Mortar versus Online Retail. In studio with us, Rob Curry of H5 Decor. He is the brick and mortar guy. And we have Scott Melsky. I'm sorry, 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 online guy. I got that confused. Uh, And Scott Melsky is uh, is the brick and mortar guy, Clark Street Mercantile. Welcome back, gentlemen. And uh, it's interesting, Josh, because, um, you know, uh, when we look at a lot of brick and mortar stores, a lot of them are deciding to... Uh, to go online but there's also a lot of online stores that are now deciding to go brick and mortar so is I mean are we going to sort of come to a time when you'll absolutely need both at once well the question is what are you selling and what are
2: your plans? You know, are you, do you have a longer term vision or are you really just dealing with the next six to 12 to 18 months? And, and there's no question entrepreneurs think beyond that. I mean, I, I guess we can, we can turn to Scott and say, you know, do you have, certainly with your background, uh, and we, you know, the listeners heard before that you want people to come in and feel in touch, but do you have a long-term plan about, you know, being online? Of course, um, and th- and by being online, I mean selling
3: online. Yeah, no, I think uh, in today's now an in in time and age, it's it's extremely important, if not imperative, to have both, um, at least to some degree. Uh, for us, we wanted to firmly establish ourselves in Montreal, um, in our in our physical location, and and you know, after that, move on to to selling online. We get a lot of customers that come in from other cities, that come in from other countries. And uh, we also want to be able to serve them. But that in-store experience is what's key for us. And, and that's what we want to focus on. So as as until we get that 100% right, then we're not going to sort of spread ourselves too thin uh, and, and just sell online to, to anyone. Rob,
2: still a little bit fresh with H5 Decor, yeah. but would you think one day, you know, if you build up the brand big enough, that you would want people to have a place to go?
4: Well, interesting enough. I mean, H Five Decor Inc. being being a uh, an online that changes our our turnaround of products weekly. Um, I think if that ever came up, we'd have to figure out a way to be able to do that for brick and mortar as well, you know? So we have uh, really uh, interesting concepts right now that are called pop-up shops that happen all over the cities. They happen for a limited time, similar to our concept, but online. Mm-hmm. And uh, that could be definitely a way, uh, future plans for way to go. You never know. Now, um,
2: you guys both started different businesses, you know, online and brick and mortar. The, the challenges when you're first starting up Uh, I guess or might be a little bit different, Rob. When you were, you said it took about a year to get going. And what would you say was your the biggest challenge or hurdle, uh, or maybe knowledge aspect to overcome?
4: I mean. You know, d- definitely uh, being online, your whole business is your website. Uh, you know, that's really your 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 ticket. And um, one of the largest uh, challenges for us was to make sure that our uh, front end, which is what our users actually uh, uh, see, uh, and our back end being efficient enough to uh, make sure that the experience for the customers are seamless and easy, um, was the biggest challenge uh, for us. Which I think we definitely overcame, and. Uh, hopefully uh, succeeded with, um, and I think that's uh, really what was uh, a lot of the thought process behind uh, developing and creating H5 Decor Inc.
2: And Scott, what would you say was maybe one of your biggest challenges in, in opening up your
1: store?
3: Uh, I would say the biggest challenge was uh, the moment where you finally decide, okay, let's go for it, um, leaving your secure 9-5 job and becoming an entrepreneur, so to speak. Uh, I think that was uh a moment where, you know, there's always some um self-doubt, I guess if you will, or you know, you're 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 questioning everything you're doing. Um it's obviously very stressful. Uh but I think it's important to rely on different resources that you have around you and and uh you know, bounce ideas and and get feedback and ultimately, you know, just take that decision
2: so who do you do? You guys have people to bounce your ideas off of do you use family do you use friends Do you have a mentor uh, you know who do you Scott maybe do. You, is there somebody that you use or you said you know what I know it all I can do it
3: <laughs> no I don't I think that's that's the one mistake that you can fall into is thinking that you know it all um, and I think it's important to uh, to ask for advice um, to the people to people who know what they're they're talking about to that to experts in their respective fields so I'm lucky enough that my wife uh, has a finance background, so all the money, t- all the money things that I have no idea about, that mm-hmm. I'm terrible about, um, she she's my my go to person. Um, obviously, uh, people within the industry, in, in retail industry, people um, that are in the advertising world. I mean, of course, I relied heavily on for for our branding, for our website, for 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 that type of, of visual, um, you know, identity. Uh so we worked with a with a great agency for that. Um and, and and just business decisions in general. It's just, you know, pooling your resources and, and asking people, you know, what do you think and what what works for you.
2: Now you now you both have to deal with I mean, whether you're online or you have a store, you gotta manage inventory, right? You gotta you gotta manage the ins and outs, the number of SKUs, uh, you know, leave the cash flow aside for the moment. Uh, how did you learn to manage your inventory? We'll start with Rob and his online business. Goods are coming out, they're going out the door. Uh, what What was the learning curve?
4: Well, what's, what's interesting about our concept is that uh, our inventory, not only does it turn often, but it actually sometimes goes directly to our clients, directly from the source. So that actually saves us a lot of time in the lead time from when you purchase to receiving the, the, the goods. Um, so really our inventory is, uh, is uh, it turns that quickly so it doesn't even have to necessarily come into our warehouse but we're having it come to come directly from our, our uh, DC's out in the US or Canada directly to your door very very quickly so it's a good way to, to turn inventory pretty quick
2: and yourself Scott uh, your experience in managing inventory because it's fashion right so
3: yeah it's, ma- it's mainly fashion but there's other things but I, honestly it's I had no experience in in inventory management um, so it's been kind of trial and error um, but part of our of our whole business model is is the whole curation aspect of uh, of the shop is that we're really uh, spend a lot of time focusing on on selecting the right products um, for the mix of inventory that we have in our in our in our store. Um, so and, and because it's especially the fashion stuff, like you said, it changes over a minimum twice a year with the seasons. So uh, you have to make sure that you're not ordering too much so that you're stuck with, you know, tons of Are
2: you dead making stock. all the fashion decisions yourself? I am actually. Rob, are you who's making are you making the decisions of what product comes in?
4: Well, we have a good team of uh, of uh, buyers on, on staff, but uh, definitely, uh, you know, I give my, my two cents into what, what looks good and what doesn't. But uh, I have to say uh, my wife as well is a huge inspiration uh, in terms of uh, what to offer, what not to offer. She's a huge online uh, shopper. And uh, let me tell you, she gives the best advice. And of course, my family as well. Uh, we work in a family uh, business. Um, So uh, this is uh, again something we ask a lot of opinions uh, of our family.
2: And Rob is a recent father three weeks That's ago. Right. Thank with you very much. So Thank awesome you Awesome with that. Uh, honestly, guys, it's it's two very different businesses, but also really a lot of similarities. And one aspect we didn't touch on yet, but we're going to touch on next is marketing. When we come
1: back from the break. Let's uh, do marketing, and uh, we'll have a uh, Stephanie Darwish, marketing expert, in to talk about that uh, brick and mortar versus online. Uh, that's coming up next on today's Entrepreneur Seven Forty Five.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com
1: seven forty nine on today's entrepreneur welcome back our guest for these uh, the special edition of the program brick and mortar versus online retail we have Robert Corey of h five decor and Scott Melski uh, sorry of uh, Clark Street Mercantile. Let's also talk about the uh, marketing uh, in uh, when it comes to online versus brick and mortar and Stephanie Darwish is here marketing consultant with Fuller Landau welcome back Steph
5: Hi thanks for having me
1: so uh in terms of marketing um, is there is is one type of business easier to market than the other
5: um for me, I don't think so. I have personal preferences of what I like to market compared to others, but I think each business type, online or offline, has what's easy and what's challenging.
2: And certainly, you know, the the, the H5 decor is online, there's no question. The background that Scott has in social media is certainly, I'm sure, he uses it to the nth degree. So let's talk a little bit about social media and marketing and, and the different, I guess, facets or, or, or options that are out there, and how do we track them?
5: So um, online, offline, I think everybody has a presence online um, and Facebook has a wonderful if you're a brand and you have a Facebook page, has a wonderful insights tool for your page if you have over 100 fans and you get to that by going to your page and at the top there's an insights tab and if you click it, there's a lot of information in there, tons and it's pretty recent, I think maybe less than a year old, they revamped insights, um, My favorite thing on earth to look at... (laughs) That's very deep, Steph, you (laughs) know. know. I really like Facebook Insights. Your
2: your next words better better say either your son or... I agree. They're great. (laughs) They're really really useful. They're
5: really great. And if you go to the, the post tab, you can really explore reach and engagement. And reach is... How many people, how many unique people actually saw your post? Because as you know, not everything you post on Facebook is seen by everybody who follows you. And engagement being a, uh, a click, a comment, a share. Uh, those are your engagements. So you can really drill down into your post and see, is your reach doing well? Are you reaching the right people? And is your engagement? And then there's three options. So option one, if you have a high reach and a low engagement, That means that maybe you have to rethink your content. So you're reaching a lot of people, but nobody's liking it, commenting or sharing on it. So maybe rethink what you're doing. Um, Option two is low reach, high engagement. So great, you have awesome content, but now nobody's seen it. So Facebook being a business, it's very easy to solve. You can uh, quickly pay to boost a post. So sometimes I'll throw 10 bucks out at a boost and my reach will go tenfold from 200 people to 2,500 people. And uh, it'll help you in future posts as well.
2: Um, now, now is Facebook really the best at it? What about a LinkedIn or, uh, well, or Twitter? I mean, can, can you get stats from them as well?
5: Yes, you can. All all three main... So are they the three main ones? Yeah. So LinkedIn has uh, from page... Po- uh, your LinkedIn company page, sorry. You can go to um, analytics, I believe. It's on the page itself. Doesn't offer as much information as Facebook, Uh, Facebook, you can drill down into who your fans are, what posts they're liking, demographics of which posts are hitting which people. Um, Twitter, recently, more recent than Facebook's insights, actually, if you go to analytics.twitter.com and you register, anybody can register, brand, person, um, it takes two business days for some reason. Um, But after those two business days, it populates it much like the Facebook uh, insights. They're very close and a lot of information.
2: Anyhow, the key here is is really trying to, to really measure your marketing efforts and see what works. And when we come back from the break, We'll, we'll kind of, you know, I see Scott sitting there because that's what he did for many years. So I'm sure he's got <laughs> a, a couple of comments to throw in. Uh, certainly Rob as well as we figure out what what's kind of worked for them. And of course, their one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur coming
1: back after the break. Robert Curry of H5 Decor is with us. Scott Molesky of Clark Street Mercantile. And Stephanie Darwish, marketing expert with Fuller Landau. 7.53 on CJD.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants, and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: 7.55 on today's entrepreneur, brick-and-mortar versus online retail. Rob Corey of H5 Decor with us. Scott Molesky of Clark Street Mercantile. Stephanie Dawish is here, uh, the marketer from Fuller Landau, talking about online versus uh, brick-and-mortar. And we're talking about marketing of
2: these two different businesses, and social media. So we kind of turn to, I guess we'll turn to Scott first, and certainly with his background in, in marketing and social media, what has worked best for you in your brick-and-mortar store?
3: Funny enough, it's um, creating a persona around the brand. Um, and but what I mean by that is social media is is not the best tool to use to push products, to push sales, to push, you know, uh, to push messages like a typical advertiser, so it's really important to create that one-on-one relationship with your follower, with your fan, whatever it is. And one great way to do that, and something that that we find that that works well, and that that people seem to appreciate, is to sort of show, uh, say on Instagram, different things that we're doing, not related to being in the actual physical store. So you know, when we're going on vacation, what's inspiring us. Uh, when we're looking when we're going to a brand's factory, you know, what's going on? Who's who's the people behind the products that that, you know, you're seeing in store that kind of stuff. I think it, it goes a long way into creating to forging that bond between um, us as a brand to our clients to our customers and the brands that we carry to the the, the end customers as how well. do you connect your consumer to you it's super important and Rob uh,
4: we found uh, not only is uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram and all these uh, social media is helpful but we also found uh, uh, bloggers and influencers in our business is also a huge indicator on getting your message out there and, and really attracting new followers um, so we really uh, rely heavily on a lot of bloggers locally and internationally um, as, as well as Instagram uh, magazines family friends um, but our social medias are of course a huge presence and a lot of the time what we also do on our social medias is not necessarily only talk about sales but we also offer um, you know discounts and discount codes and, and stuff like this as well that people can find on our social uh, pages uh, for all that
2: you guys ever consider traditional media advertising would you ever do it or do you
3: um, I guess it would depend on the situation I mean but not currently not currently um, it, it, it really depends on where your, your customer is. Um, and right now, our customers, I mean, our customers, the, the, that sweet spot, you know, 18 to 35, say, they're, they're online. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, it's the most cost-effective, efficient way of, of reaching them, I think.
4: I would say uh, I would say uh, definitely uh, would, would think about doing it. I mean, I don't know how I don't know when the last time I was watching TV or anything like this, where I didn't have my iPad or phone next to me, where I can just easily hop on the internet and, and check out what I just saw as a TV ad or a, a radio spot, for that matter, and want to check out more. So definitely, uh, uh, traditional marketing is a is it definitely could be an option for us going forward. Sure.
2: Uh, you know, we can probably sit and chat a whole hour mm-hmm. just on marketing. Uh, but as we come, as we approach the end of the show, uh, as we always like to do, and it'll be very interesting to hear both your takes on it. What one piece of advice would you give to today's entrepreneur? Rob first online.
4: Um, I would say, uh, you know, don't be afraid to take risks. I think, uh, you know, if you have a dream, um, and, uh, if you, uh, really believe in an idea to really, uh, you know, exhaust everything that you can to try to make that a reality. And I think, uh, uh, you know, being successful, it's just the best thing in the world to, to know that you really accomplished something like that. So I would say to anybody thinking about a new idea, I would say go, go on it full on and just awesome.
3: Excellent. Scott, follow your passion, uh, find something that, not only interests you, but make that you are passionate about, um, and kind of to, to to what was just said. You know, dig dig deep, go go all the way, and see what comes out of it. If you don't, if you don't take a chance, and you'll never know what uh, what will happen.
2: And Dan, uh, you know, certainly the takeaway that I get from today is, in as much as. How they offer their products might be very different to their consumers, but how they deal with all the issues behind the scenes and setting things up and and running it and dealing with the people and aspects because there's still online aspects to deal with it as well. That's something that you absolutely entrepreneurs always have to have. And of course, you believe in your product like they all do, uh, that's, that's first and foremost.
1: So it was uh, really interesting to hear the differences and
2: of course the similarities.
1: Thanks, Josh, and thanks to Stephanie at Fuller for the marketing tips and uh, to our entrepreneurs, Rob Curry of H5 Decor and Scott Molesky of Clark Street Mercantile. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. And we'll see you back here next Monday night at 7, Josh. Uh, The Exchange is next. It's 8 o'clock.